Part 3 Discovery First section, Clarity Jeff started before any of them sat down. I'm convinced that this teamwork thing is the key to staffing and everything else. Bobby responded first, I agree. We need to get our recruiters moving right away, Claire. Hold on a second. Jeff sat down and put his feet on the table. I think it's going to be a lot harder than we thought to hire 80 people. Before Claire, Claire could confirm or deny his assessment, Jeff continued, I mean, what did we hire last year? 20? Claire corrected him. Almost 30. Right, Jeff explained. 30 to get 20 because of the turnover. Claire nodded. Jeff directed the next question to her. Okay, if we have to more than double that number of hires, do you think we'll be better or worse at finding the right kind of team players? She thought about it for a second. Well, it wouldn't make any sense that we'd be better. I mean, more numbers, more bodies, more urgency. As much as I want to be optimistic, I think it's probably going to be a little harder. Bobby nodded, understanding the logic. Jeff went on, and that means we'll probably have to hire 90 or 100 to get 60, right? They didn't want to admit it. Come on, guys, it's only logical. Claire relented, sighing, I guess that makes sense. Well, maybe we should just change the standards a little, Bobby proposed. Maybe we need uh, to be a little less picky. We probably can't afford to skip over or get rid of people who don't play well with others. Claire shook her head, no way. If we do that, we'll just have more of the same kind of crap that we had at Oak Ridge and the school renovation. Jeff frowned, what school renovation? Bobby sighed and explained, year before last, we were expanding and refurbishing a high school up, a, up in Calistoga. Sounds small, but it was actually a sizable job. Anyway, halfway through the project, we lost our best engineer because Bob wouldn't let us fire our worst engineer. Wait, Jeff asked, I thought you said Bob didn't tolerate bad team players. Claire looked at Bobby as if to say, should we, should we tell him? Well, he didn't tolerate it in most employees, but sometimes when it came to the people he felt bad for and the people he knew personally, he was kind of a wuss. He always said that he sometimes had a hard time pulling the trigger. How did the school situation resolve itself, Jeff asked. Bobby answered, exasperated. The good engineer went and started his own little firm, and I had to work my ass off to pick up all the engineering slack. And that wasn't half as bad as having to work with the jackass engineer. And the lesson is, Jeff asked. Bobby rolled his eyes, I know, I know. No, say it out loud, Bobby. Say it out loud, Bobby Brady. Claire pushed him, just slightly teasing. In a sing-song voice, sounding more like a seven-year-old than the head of operations for a $75 million construction firm, Bobby obeyed. Keeping jackasses is a bad idea. Jeff took his legs off the table and sat up in his chair. You know, I still think that if we could just figure out how to weed out most of the jackasses, things around here would change exponentially. But then we'd have to hire even more people to take the places of the jackasses we got rid of, Claire reminded him. Jeff shook his head. I don't think so, Claire. I bet my job on the fact that we could get more work done with fewer people if we had real team players. He paused and let them consider it a few seconds. Think about how much easier it would be to make all the team stuff we talked about last year, last year real. 
trust, conflict, commitment, and the rest of it. But how are we going to do that when we have twice as much work to get done? Bobby protested. Team building sessions aren't hotel building sessions. Bullshit, Jeff responded. We're not talking about hugging or holding hands or catching each other falling off chairs. We're talking about getting people to admit when they make a mistake on a project and to argue about the right way to get things done without worrying that they're going to offend somebody else and sticking to commitments and holding each other accountable. We need to be teaching this to everyone. Jeff was getting excited and continued, come on, Bobby, last year when I took you guys through that teamwork project, did you think it was just a bunch of fluffy crap? Bobby shook his head, no, I thought it made perfect sense. So what happened? Claire asked rhetorically. That's what I was going to ask you guys, Jeff added. Claire and Bobby looked at each other. Bobby offered an explanation. I think we just got distracted with all the day-to-day firefighting. Claire nodded. Jeff went on, I'm sure that's true, but it sounds like you also kept some key people around who didn't fit the culture. He paused for effect. And I'm guessing that you didn't exclude them from the hiring process either. Suddenly, Claire's eyes went wide. Oh, crap. She looked at Bobby. We let the jackasses hire more jackasses. They sat there for a moment, digesting the implications of what she had said. I have a question. Bobby didn't wait to be called upon. Why would a team guy like Bob be such a wuss when it comes to getting rid of people who aren't team players? Jeff didn't hesitate because he thought he was being nice. If Bob realized how cruel it was to keep those people, he would have pulled the trigger. Cruel? Bobby didn't get it. Yeah, think about it, Jeff explained. The most unhappy people in a company are the ones who don't fit the culture, but are allowed to stay. They know they don't belong. Deep down inside, they don't want to be there. They're miserable. So you're saying we should just go out and fire all the jackasses, Claire countered. That seems cruel too. Jeff shook his head, no, you just can't go fire a bunch of people, but when you figure out who the jackasses are, you tell them that the only way they can stay, the only way they should want to stay is if they can stop being a jackass, or more constructively, if they can be a team player. 95% of the time, they'll do one of two things. They'll change their behavior and love you for making them do it, or they'll opt out on their own and they'll be relieved. What happens if they do neither? Bobby asked. Well, that's when you call Claire and a lawyer and start doing the paperwork. But trust me, it doesn't happen near as often as you think it will, as long as you don't let them off the hook for their behavior. Bobby and Claire seemed to be generally on board with what Jeff was saying, but Claire was overwhelmed by it all. So where do we start? She wanted to know. Jeff smiled, energized by the clarity they were getting. First, we go figure out how to recognize a real team player, the kind of person who can easily build trust, engage in healthy conflict, make real commitments, hold people accountable, and focus on the team's results. Then, we stop hiring people who can't. Finally, we help the people who are acting like jackasses change their ways or move on to a different company. He paused, looking at a big calendar on the wall. And we have to do all of this in the next four weeks. Then he caught himself and looked at Bobby. I mean, month. Bobby laughed and looked at Claire. I'm in if you're in. Do we have a choice? She replied. 
Suddenly, Bobby had an epiphany. Hey, what happens if we're jackasses? Jeff smiled. That's a great place to start. Self-assessment. Jeff decided there was no time to waste. Okay, I'm pretty sure you guys aren't jackasses. And I hope I'm not either. And if we are, then we're all screwed anyway. They laughed. But since we're responsible for all this, let's figure out what we all have in common and what made us click with Bob. There's probably something in there that gets at the team thing. They started looking at each other as though the answers might suddenly appear on their foreheads. Jeff prompted them with more questions. What made you think that this would be a good place for you to work? Think back to your interviews with Bob. How was he different or better than other people in his position that you'd met in your careers? Bobby went first. Well, I know this won't help, but he definitely wasn't a jackass. Jeff sighed. Okay, but what was it about him that kept him out of the jackass club? He didn't take himself too seriously, Claire explained. Bob was always joking, but mostly about himself. Bobby jumped in now. You know, I remember the day I decided I really liked Bob. It was probably the third or fourth day on the job, and we were at the Trinity Vineyards facility building at their visitor center. Bob was great at dealing with the client, an uber-rich guy who was way too worried about whether the stones lining the entryway came from Tuscany or Calabria or some other rich person's problem. Bobby paused, reliving the moment in his head. Bob was really patient with that guy, more than I would be. But then, as soon as the guy drove off in his Range Rover, Bob started talking to the guys laying the stone and building the border wall for the flower beds. These weren't architects or engineers or even carpenters, but day laborers and generally unskilled workers. And for just a moment, Bobby seemed like he was getting a little emotional, and Bob had exactly the same tone of voice and the same eye contact and the same level of interest in what they were saying as he did with the Range Rover client. And those guys noticed it. And I know they were as impressed as I was. I remember thinking, I wish I were like him. That's Bob, Claire confirmed, a little wistfully. He may be the least pretentious person I know, even slightly unsophisticated. I'm not sure what it is. Jeff pushed on. Would you say that you guys fit that description? Not like he does, Bobby responded immediately. But compared to other people like yourselves, Jeff pushed, other executives in the industry, Claire directed her answer at Bobby. I think you're a lot more like Bob than you realize. I'm more that way now because of him. Claire was surprised. You weren't always that way? Not really. I mean, sure, my dad would have kicked my ass if I'd been a jerk to people just because they didn't go to college or had less money than we did. But it wasn't until I came here that I really embraced that idea. Heck, at some of the places where I worked, it was bad for your career if you acted like Bob. Can you believe that? You should work in the Silicon Valley, Jeff sighed. So many people there are so concerned about being socially conscious and environmentally aware, but they don't give a second thought to how they treat the guy washing their car or cutting their grass. Which reminds me, Claire said, we need to help your aunt find someone to mow the lawn at their house. Bob's been doing it himself since he bought that house. He isn't going to let go of that easily. 
Jeff nodded. I'll call Aunt Karen about that tonight. Or maybe I'll talk to Ben about it when I see him this afternoon. Bobby was curious. What are you talking to Ben about? Same thing we're talking about now. I want to know what he looks for in team players. Don't you think a high school basketball players and construction workers might be a little different? Claire wondered out loud. Sure. But I'm guessing that they have something in common. And that Bob's son might give me an insight into how his dad thinks. You could just ask Bob, Bobby suggested. Jeff disagreed. No. First, I don't want him worrying that we need his help already. He's got plenty to think about with surgery next week. Beyond that, if Bob had a detailed grasp on what he meant by team players, we'd know by now. I think he's as unsure as we are. Or maybe just unclear. They agreed. Jeff hoped Bob's son would offer a new perspective. Coach Ben Jeff easily spotted Ben in the back of the Starbucks, as he was a head taller than the teenager sitting around him. He had already purchased a drink of some kind for his cousin, so Jeff wouldn't have to stand in line and try to remember whether venti meant medium or large. As soon as he saw Jeff, Ben stood up and they hugged in a guy-cousins kind of way. Thanks for seeing me on such short notice, Jeff started. They sat down. Hey, I'd have a copy with you every day if I could. I'm really glad you're living up here. Me too, I think. Jeff laughed. You think? No, I love it. So does Maureen, and the kids seem to like having a bigger house and a yard. But I'm just a little more concerned about work than I thought I'd be. Uh-oh. Tell me about it. Jeffrey counted the dilemma with the hospital and the hotel and cash flow, none of which Ben knew about. You really are out of the loop on the business, aren't you? Jeff teased him. Hey, Dad tried to get me interested in the business. I think when he finally realized I wasn't meant for it, he stopped telling me a lot. He paused. But I know enough to know that you definitely have a problem on your hands. And I am 100% confident that my knowledge about American history, the full court press, and fantasy football will be of absolutely no use to you. Jeff smiled. I don't know. There is one thing you might be able to help with, and it's big. Ben was intrigued. Really? Yeah. We need help with teamwork. Are you kidding? That stuff you did for my dad last year was better than anything I've got. I've been using it with my players, teaching them how to admit when they're wrong and to hold each other accountable. I don't know what I could add. I'm not looking for any theories about how to make teams work. I just want to know how you identify which kids on your team are better at teamwork than others. Ben considered the question. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot of options. We're a small school and I have to make do mostly with what I have. But you beat teams from bigger schools all the time, right? Yeah, that's because we play like a unit. No all-stars. No prima donnas. But I think that's more about the system than the kids. Like I said, I don't have a lot of players to choose from. But if you did, what would you look for? How do you avoid prima donnas? Ben sighed. Again, considering the question, I, I don't know. Okay, look at it a little differently. Imagine you were coaching at the college level. What kind of kids would you recruit? And what kinds would you avoid? I'd recruit tall ones and avoid the short ones. Ben laughed. 
Jeff pushed him. You're not serious. Well, no, I'm joking. I mean, I give my left leg for a kid over six foot five right now. But given that everyone needs size and speed and all that stuff, I'm sure there are other qualities, probably related to character, that I'd want. Like what? Well, he was clearly thinking out loud. Probably someone who wants to be at practice. I love gym rats, but not just the kind who want to play one-on-one -on -one all day. I like the kids who come early and do extra drills, and watch film even when they don't have to. He paused before adding, and who kind of hate to lose. Sore losers? Ben shook his head, no, not at all. I mean, the kind who come to practice wanting to work as hard as they can to avoid losing. Coaching them is easy. Jeff pulled out his notebook and wrote something down. Ben was curious. So, who else have you talked to and what have you learned so far? You're pretty much the first. Ben's eyes widened. Wow, I must be special. Jeff laughed. You are definitely special, and I knew I could count on you to buy me a $5 coffee. It's a non-fat decaf caramel macchiato, and I didn't buy it. I put it on the Valley Builder's credit card. You have a company credit card? Jeff didn't even try to hide his surprise. Ben laughed. No, you idiot. What do you think? Dad just gives everyone in the family carte blanche to spend the company's money. Don't you know my dad? Jeff was relieved. Yes, I do. And by the way, we have to find him a gardener. He shouldn't be mowing the lawn for a while. Yeah, I talked to mom about it today. My dad's not going to like that. Speaking of your dad, give me some insight onto him. What do you mean? Like his attitude about teamwork, Jeff suggested. Again, I think you'd know this better than me, given the project you did for him. All I can say is that Dad's always said nothing is more important than teamwork, and he had this crazy intuition and usually seemed to know who had it and who didn't. So can you give me something from when you were growing up that gives you a sense of what he thinks makes someone a team player or just a good person? Ben laughed. Wow, you're full of deep questions today, aren't you? He thought about it for a few seconds. You know, my dad coached me in different sports, and the one thing I can always remember is that he didn't have a lot of patience for kids who sucked up to him. What do you mean? Maybe that's not the right phrase. He didn't like the kids who treated him differently than they treated one another, or who treated the crummy players poorly. Jeff seemed satisfied with the explanation, but Ben suddenly had a minor revelation. Oh, and he hated when kids on his team were focused on their own stats or on how much time they played. One time, he kept one of his best 10-year-olds on the bench for an entire game because he was a ball hog and wanted to be the leading scorer on the team. How did the kids react? Or better yet, his parents? Mom thought it was a good idea, but I was pissed. Jeff laughed, but I learned my lesson. The cousins spent the next 45 minutes talking about family vacations and reunions from their childhood until Ben had to leave for practice. Jeff, I'm really glad you're here. Dad likes to downplay things with humor, but I think you understand how much this company means to him and to all of us. Ben's words were heartfelt and Jeff could tell he wasn't trying to put pressure on his cousin, even if that was the effect. They hugged and Ben left. Jeff stayed for another 10 minutes, adding more to his notebook. As he was getting ready to leave, he found himself torn between 
two competing emotions, mild relief that he was making progress and disappointment that everything he was hearing seemed so obvious. He decided he needed to look harder. Forensics. The next two days were filled with fighting fires and cleaning up at Oak Ridge, as well as planning for the new project, especially the hospital. During that time, Jeff became so immersed in the business that he spent almost no mental energy thinking about teamwork and hiring, something that surprised him given the magnitude of the issue and how obsessed he seemed just 48 hours earlier. He was starting to get a sense of how the tangible and urgent demands of construction could crowd out more important matters, but he was determined not to let that happen to him. So as they were leaving a meeting with the Napa City Planner, Jeff asked Claire to put together a list of the former employees that VB had let go over the past few years and any current ones whom she had doubts about. I'll have it for you tomorrow morning, she assured him. He then asked Bobby and Claire to clear their schedules for the next afternoon, something that Bobby protested, but Jeff insisted on. When they arrived at Bob's office, Jeff had written the names of all 23 people from Claire's list on the whiteboard. Let's go through these names one by one, trying to figure out any common denominators that might help us figure out what red flags we should be looking for. As always, Bobby joked, you mean jackass indicators, Claire countered. Hey, remember that some of these employees still work here. We might want to be a little more careful about how we refer to them. You're going a little soft on us, Claire, Bobby teased her. Is all that HR stuff finally getting to you? She laughed. Jeff reinforced her point. She's right, though. We need to remember that these aren't bad people. They just might not be right for our culture built around teamwork. Or maybe they've been managed by a jackass and are just doing what they think will help them get ahead. Bobby relented. Good point. How will we tell the difference? Claire wanted to know. Jeff had an answer. Well, we don't need to know for sure. Claire seemed puzzled. What? Jeff explained. Remember, once we figure out what we're looking for, then when we see someone who doesn't measure up, we just need to make it clear to them that their behavior has to change. If it does, if it does, great. It probably wasn't them after all. If it doesn't, then we know they don't belong here and we'll help them find a better place to work. Bobby looked at the whiteboard. Where do we start? At the top of the organization, Jeff answered confidently. If we can deal with any questions at the highest levels, everything else will be easier. Claire suddenly seemed intensely excited about the plan and surprised both of them when she said, listen, you guys, we can't afford to be wussies about this. The future of this company is riding on us getting this right. With that, Claire went to the board and circled two names. Nancy Morris, the project manager on the Oak Ridge site, and Anthony Benson, the bad engineer on the high school renovation project. The leaders spent the next hour dissecting Nancy and Anthony, and the other two dozen or so people on the list, looking at their performance histories and behaviors. When they were finished, they had a list of predictable adjectives on the board, words like negative, lazy, insensitive, irresponsible, and self-centered. Jeff felt the same way that he did the night before. We must be missing something. It's too obvious, Jeff said. I agree, Claire confirmed. It can't be this simple, can it? 
If it's so simple, asked Bobby in his good-natured sarcasm, then how did we screw up so badly? Maybe we're just too close to these people, Claire wondered out loud. Jeff shook his head. I think we just didn't know what to look for. Then he had a suggestion. What we need is a case study, someone we're not so familiar with, someone we could poke a little and test this with. That person would present himself sooner than they could have imagined. Though he generally tried not to work on weekends, Jeff decided this was a time when he did to make some sacrifices. I need to set an example. In six months, everyone else will be working plenty of weekends, he explained to Maureen, who agreed with him. As Jeff expected, Claire agreed as well, and they decided to meet at the office a little before noon. Jeff had the same conversation with her that he had with Bobby the night before. And though Claire was even more concerned about the dynamics of the executive team, she quickly came to the conclusion that bringing someone else on at the top was unavoidable. So how do we go about this? Jeff wanted to know. Well, I know a few recruiters who specialize in placing construction execs. We've never used them, but they could help. Jeff was shaking his head. That'll take too long. They'll search all over the country, or at least the West Coast, and it'll take a month just to get them here for interviews. We have to know people who know people. Claire thought about it. Have you asked Bobby? No, he and I decided to start with you. I appreciate the vote of confidence, she said with just a hint of sarcasm, but he'll have a better idea of who's available out there than I will. Okay, let's call him. Two minutes later, they had Bobby on the speakerphone. Jeff went first. Hey, I talked to our HR lady about recruiting a new executive, and she's useless. Do you know of anyone out there who can help us? Bobby laughed. Hey, are you guys having a party without me? It's a party, all right, Claire added. I figured you'd know who to talk to more than me. By the way, this position we're thinking about is another VP of field ops, right? Jeff chimed in. A junior Bobby. That's frightening, Claire exclaimed, but sounds about right. Within minutes, Bobby surprised himself when he came up with a short list of people who would be good sources of leads for candidates, and then he had a major revelation. Hey, I just thought of something. What about Ted? Marchbanks? Claire asked. Yeah, he could do this job in his sleep. I thought he retired last year, Claire asked. Retired? The guy's two years older than me. He's probably bored out of his mind. He lives somewhere over in Sonoma now. Finally, Jeff had to ask, who's Ted Marchbanks? Claire explained. He ran a division of North Bay Construction, a big firm located in Sausalito. He did the Downtown River Project about five years ago. Massive job that didn't even bid on it because it was mostly civil work having to do with the river and a few bridges as well as a few buildings. Way too much state bureaucracy for Bob. Bobby went on, so he's made a pile of money and now lives near Heldsburg. I've seen him golfing a few times over here and all he wanted to talk about was work stuff. I think he retired too early. Claire was sold. Let's get him in here and see if we can talk, talk him into it. Is he our kind of guy? Jeff needed to know. He knows what he's doing and he's valuable, Bobby declared. But what about the team stuff? Is he a jackass? Claire chimed in. I have to defer to you on that one, 
Bobby. The guy is professional, experienced. Heck, he ran a massive, complicated project for two years, and they came in close to budget and on time. I don't see how he could be a jackass. As great as all that sounded, Jeff certainly wanted to go a little deeper. How soon do you think we can have him in here, Bobby? Let me see what I can do. Bobby would not disappoint. On Monday morning, Jeff was sitting in Bob's office, responding to email when Bobby came in with a big smile on his face. Jeff was surprised to see him. How are things at Oak Ridge? Fine for now, Bobby said. Why are you smiling? Because I have a surprise for you. He paused. Do you have lunch plans today? Jeff looked at his phone. Yeah, I'm supposed to meet with... Cancel it. What? Cancel it. Guess who's coming here to meet us? Before Jeff could respond, Bobby made the announcement. Ted Marchbanks. Jeff sat back in his chair. How did you manage that? I called my buddy down over at Chimney Rock Golf Course, and he gave me Ted's number. I spoke to him last night, and I was right. He's bored. Said he was intrigued. That is good news, Jeff smiled. Did you tell Claire? Yep. She's free. 1215 at Maria's. Maria's? Do you think we might want to go someplace a little more good? If he's a fit for our culture, he won't mind. You're right. I'll see you at 12.15. The restaurant was about half full, which constituted a busy day at Maria's. Jeff arrived early and asked for a booth in the back. A few minutes later, Bobby and Claire came in and found their way to the table. He's late. We shouldn't hire him, Jeff said with a very serious look on his face. Bobby seemed stunned. Wait a minute. He didn't seem to know what to say. Maybe he's just Jeff interrupted. I'm kidding. Sit down. Bobby laughed. So how long are you going to make me pay for the quitting stunt? As long as you're here, my friend. He laughed. As long as you're here. Okay, boys, let's focus a little. Claire sat down in a spot where she could see the door. So, what do we know about Ted? Bobby didn't hesitate. He was an executive at a company that was almost four times our size. His division alone was as big as we are. He's been involved in everything from design to build to renovation, and he understands how to cut through local bureaucracies, which will be huge for the hospital project. Jeff and Claire were clearly impressed. Wait a second. Bobby caught himself. We can't hire this guy. He's going to have my job. Claire laughed and patted Bobby on the back. Well, we'll always have a place for you at VB. At that moment, the front door of the restaurant opened letting in a blinding ray of sunlight. Out of that light stepped a man who appeared to be an angel. Then the door closed, and he became just a man again. Wearing nice jeans and a blazer, Ted Marchbanks looked to be ten years younger than his fifty-six years. Looking around the restaurant, he spotted Bobby and headed for the first table. All three executives stood to greet him. Bobby spoke first. It's good to see you, Ted. Thanks for meeting us on such short notice. They shook hands. I was surprised and intrigued by your call yesterday, and I'm honored that you think of me. He then turned to Claire. I think I met you once before, Claire. She seemed puzzled. Really? Didn't you attend a lunch event over in Novato a few years ago? They brought in a speaker of some kind on leadership. You were with Bob and a few other people from your company. That's right, she remembered. The North Bay Builders Association meeting. 
If I remember correctly, he continued, it was a snooze fest. Yes, it was. Some professor from an Ivy League school who didn't really connect with the construction crowd. Ted changed the subject. By the way, how's Bob doing? Claire answered, he's at home waiting to have surgery in a couple of days. If all goes as planned, he'll be fine. But he's not coming back to work. In fact, she turned toward Jeff. This is our new CEO, Jeff Shanley. Jeff shook hands with Ted. I hear you're new to the industry, Jeff. That's right. Well, you're working with great people here, he motioned to Claire and Bobby. So you'll have an easy time getting up to speed, I'm sure. I agree, Jeff replied. And maybe you'll be able to help me, too. Ted smiled. Well, that's nice of you to say. I don't know that I'd have anything new to offer, but you never know. They sat down at the table and for the next hour and a half had a delightful and informative conversation, covering everything from the industry and the job to the local economy and the nuances of building a hospital wing and hotel. Ted was relaxed, bright, and focused. He certainly didn't seem like someone who was ready for retirement. Claire was curious about that. Why did you retire, Ted? He hesitated. I don't know. I guess after doing what I'd done for so long, it seemed like I should take advantage of the fact that I could afford to retire. My kids are grown. The house is paid for. My wife wanted to travel more. It just seemed like the right thing to do. But... Jeff prompted him to finish the story. Ted smiled. Well, there's only so much golfing and antiquing and traveling you can do. I really like the process of building things. I like the problem solving. I suppose I underestimated the benefits of the work itself. Claire pressed him further. Why didn't you go back to North Bay? He hesitated again. As much as I enjoyed construction, that company was getting a little too big and a little too... He paused, searching for the right words. Bureaucratic. I've come to realize that it was time for a change, but maybe not retirement. Makes sense to me, Bobby declared. Ted looked at his watch. However, I am still technically retired, and if I don't make it home to help my wife clean out the garage, then boredom will be the least of my problems. They laughed politely and thanked Ted for his time. After he left the restaurant, they stayed to debrief. As usual, Bobby went first. Let's hire him. Now. Neither Jeff nor Claire responded. Come on, Bobby pushed. Isn't he exactly what we're looking for? Probably, Jeff agreed. He would help us in so many ways, it's crazy. His experience alone is unbelievable. And he'd have a pipeline of other people we could hire, I'm sure. Jeff didn't sound as confident as the words should have warranted. So here's the problem. Actually, is there a problem, Bobby asked? Let's just make sure he's a cultural fit, Claire explained. How does he match up with our values? Quality and safety are slam dunks, Bobby responded. North Bay is fanatical about that. Now Jeff weighed in. So it all comes down to whether or not he's a team player. I think it's pretty obvious that he is, Bobby declared. Did you see something I didn't? I don't know, Claire shrugged. What exactly are we looking for? Now, Jeff was enjoying the conversation. Well, Bobby answered, he's certainly not a jackass. Claire shrugged again, a little exasperated. So we're back to that. What exactly is a jackass? 
Bobby took a deep breath. Well, what about those words we come up with last week? Selfish, rude, irresponsible. We can start there. Jeff started taking notes. Claire pushed, okay, but what exactly do you mean by rude? Come on, Claire. Rude, a jerk, makes people uncomfortable, says stupid and mean things. Rude. Give me an example of a real person who is rude. Someone we know, she asked. Bobby only needed a second. Okay, how about, how about Terry Pascal? He looked at Jeff to explain. He was one of our vendors, sold us supplies, everything from buckets and ladders to work, clothes and gear. Claire went further. Not a bad guy, just has no idea when he's gone too far. Overbearing, inappropriate, clueless. You said he was one of our vendors? Jeff asked. Yeah, we told his company that we wanted someone new. The next guy was much better. Jeff had another question. So do we have any people who fit the Terry description at VB? They thought about it. Well, Claire said, looking around to make sure that no one sitting near them could hear. You'd have to say that Nancy falls into that category, right? Jeff and Bobby nodded. Do you think people like Nancy and Terry do it on purpose? Jeff asked. No, Claire was emphatic. I honestly think that when it comes to dealing with people, they just... She hesitated and seemed apologetic about what she was about to say. They're just dumb. They're not socially smart. Jeff wrote something in his notebook and then added, So, Ted is definitely not stupid when it comes to people. In fact, I'd say he's extremely smart. I think so too, Bobby declared. That's why we should hire him. Hold on a second. Jeff chuckled as his, at his excitable colleague. That's not the only thing that makes someone a good team player. What are the others? Claire wanted to know. Jeff hesitated, flipping through his notebook. I don't know. Everything I've written here is so obvious. Like what? Bobby asked. I mean, Jeff shook his head. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you guys. Laughing. Bobby tried to take the notebook from him. I'll just look for myself, Bobby said. Jeff pulled it away. Okay, okay. So far, after all of our conversations and the analysis of the 23 people we let go, or maybe should have let go, it seems to me that there are two qualities, maybe three, if we include what we just talked about. He took his pen and wrote these phrases on the paper placement so that everyone could see them. Ego. Hard work. And people. They have to do with having no ego. Working really hard and knowing how to deal with people. Claire frowned. Don't use the word ego. Find a positive word. Jeff was puzzled, then saw the problem. Oh, right. He scratched out ego and wrote, Unpretentious, in its place. The three teammates sat looking at the words Jeff had written. If it had been a cartoon, smoke would have been coming out of their ears because they were studying the words so intently. Again, this just seems to be too simple. Jeff apologized. Claire jumped in. No, I... I think we may be on to something here, even if it's obvious. Let's go back to our list of difficult people, then we can see if it explains their issues. As they started to think about the question, Jeff looked down at his watch. Oh, crap! It's almost 2.30. He looked at Bobby. You and I have a meeting with the hospital architects. Let's pick up this conversation tomorrow, Claire proposed. They agreed, and Jeff and Bobby 
asked Claire to pay the bill so they could go.